Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail by Match Play podcast. In this episode, we welcome Daniel Hewlett of the Hewlett Brothers. Daniel and his brother David are trick shot manufacturers who started during the pandemic and have grown into internet sensations and are now working full-time on conceiving and producing trick shots. Daniel started as a college student-athlete playing soccer at Christopher Newport University. We cover his recruiting story, how his career in college evolved, and how being in quarantine helped hatch the trick shot concept for him and his brother. Their story is a lesson for all in following your passion and putting in hard work. On the surface, producing trick shots seems like a hobby, but make no mistake, the Hewlett brothers invest a lot of time and hard work to bring their creations to the world. That diligence is paying off, and they're just getting started. Please continue to subscribe to and share the podcast and follow Match Play on social media. And send me your comments and questions through matchplayrecruit.com slash podcast. Yeah, this morning I was uh, actually I hopped on to watch a little bit of a film from our scrimmage last night, but uh, I had a, a YouTube link opened up, so I clicked on that first. And uh, sure enough, our Rowan game your your senior your mm-hmm. fifth year mm-hmm. was sitting there and i was like oh let me just turn this on real quick and i was you know i, I love reminiscing a little bit it was such a fun game and uh for sure uh it was interesting watching you run around out there and davis and Corey and will and some of these guys and uh what a cool goal i mean what, what were you thinking when we uh when we scored that goal with i was like 10 11 minutes to go when when will headed the thing across when tanner put it away what what went through your mind at that point just pure uh, pure energy, honestly. Um, it was just electric. Um, I don't know. Seeing, seeing those guys, the three guys work together is always just like, yeah. let them do what they want, let them go to work. Um, but it was cool for Tanner, for sure. And I don't know. I was just... Yeah, to come off of the injury that he had and to miss as much time as he had to score such a big goal in a big moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, then going through your mind is, uh-oh, we got 11 minutes to go yeah. here. we got to now we gotta buckle down and let's hang out in front of our goal to finish this thing off. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's uh, it's neat to see that stuff. And uh, it, it takes me a second to – I'm watching the game. I'm like, who the heck is that? I have to, like, look. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I forgot. You know, like, that was Brendan Todd. You know, and, of course, yeah. he was on the team last season, too. Uh-huh. But, you know, just things changed so much. But uh, Changed fast. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a awesome – time you had it it got interesting with COVID being thrown in there during your senior year and so you you and Davis you know you decided to pick up one class to come back as a couldn't have worked better as a fifth year and then to make a sweet 16 run and get get a conference ring I mean what a what a cool experience and uh well look you know this is a recruiting podcast I absolutely want to jump into all the awesome stuff that we showed in the intro with uh with the video but um I do want to tie in everything that you've gone through and how you got here and so why don't you walk us through your junior, senior year of high school, you're your in the recruiting process, and, you know, kind of walk us through what that looked like and, you know, how you came to the decision that you came to. Yeah, so, I mean, I imagine, like, most juniors, you know, 18 years old, 16 years old, whatever, uh, they're like, oh, I'm going D1. I'm going top top D1 school. Sure. So, of course, that was me as well. Um, until I quickly learned that, that wasn't possible. Um but no, yeah, I had a pretty good recruiting process all in all. I mean, I went to some ID camps, um, was text or emailing with coaches, you know, um, I guess kind of trying, just trying to figure it out. Didn't, no one really ever seems to know what's going on with that stuff. Um, but 
I was actually uh, with seeing you. I, I I was talking with some teammates, and I don't know if you remember Seth. Um, uh, what's his last name? You were good friends with the. I think you were friends with the family. I don't know for his last name, but he told me about seeing you, and I was like, yeah, it was always it's always been in my mind. You know, it's kind of like where I'd want to go, like the top DT school I'd want to go to. Um, so then I reached out to you guys. I think you guys came to one of our games. Uh, we started talking, got on campus, loved it, and uh, it was pretty easy from there, I think. Yeah. The next Monday, I applied, and you told me I got in, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it, it could happen quickly. You know, to your point about the D1 process, actually, one of the biggest recruiting tools for me was talking to Coach Norris at Women Mary about you. You know, he had seen you a, a different right. time. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I, maybe you were talking to him or you had reached out. So he was doing his homework on you. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of awesome things to say about you. And he knows our program really well. And that's that's actually kind of where we are in the in the recruiting process. There's a lot of people that, like, I, I've called Coach Norris a million times about a player. He's actually done the same with me because I know his program really well. And, uh, you know, so he had awesome things to say about you. And, so going to watch you play and go through that process was not a problem. It, it actually got funny, too, because at the end, I, I don't know if you had already committed to us yet or not, but we so. come to watch you yeah. play. <laughs> it was me and Coach Shaw, and uh, it was a state semis. It was a state semis with Loudon. Loudon, okay. It was, yeah, it was up in, like, Fredericksburg or yeah. that field or millions of fields. Um, yeah, I think it was the last game you guys came, came to like, play before, before you, you committed. Right before That's I right. committed or right before you told me, like, <laughs> I had a spot or whatever. <laughs> And we're playing Loudon, and we just get our butts handed to yep. us. It was uh, 5-1, I think. Um, so as a center back, it's not a good look. And I also think I missed a PK. So. <laughs> but for some reason, they still took me. And, uh... Well, there's a uh, – you know, Noah Jefferson was also with us at that time. And there's actually a picture that he took of me and Steve uh, at halftime of your game. We took a little nap and it leaked into a little bit of the second half. We're just laying down on the ground, taking a nap <laughs> on the sideline there. And uh, uh, so we may have missed a goal or two. I don't know if it was one of the That's ones a good thing for us. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to still pull the trigger and give you a spot. And uh, you actually had a, an interesting freshman year. I thought you were playing really, really well, but you, you didn't factor in much. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we're, we're trying to help kids through here is understanding that it's a long process it's uh you know you're not automatically on the field it doesn't mean there's no value there but in your case you you didn't play much as a freshman and you know that that kind of bothered you and so why don't you you know dive into that story and yeah so you know. coming out of high school as i imagine most people are you know you're the big wig on the team mm-hmm. uh, we also my team had just won the state championship so i was like I'm the man no one can tell me nothing <laughs> and then coming into seeing you three months later um, I didn't pass the first fitness test because I, for whatever reason, so definitely do fitness. And I remember Shaw telling me, like, you're never going to play if you can't pass the fitness test. So whatever. A week later, I did. But um, I was definitely undersized as well. Um, but, yeah, no, coming in, I thought I was going to be a, a starter. And then actually, like, the first game, was it um, Vaughn uh, popped out a shoulder? Mm-hmm. And I remember... It was like me and Davis, and he shots like Davis going, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I knew it was between us two, and 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 that was that. Um, and obviously, Davis is my best friend, and he did incredible. But um, he started games immediately after, yeah, that, I believe. Right? I think yeah. he was the yeah. start. I don't, I don't think Vaughn ever really came back to full health. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was tough because I was always on the cusp. I felt like, which was obviously very positive because I traveled, which was great because I got all that experience for the. 
rest of uh, my time at CNU, but I was always like, I, it was always back in my mind. Like I knew I could be on the field. I knew I could be on the field, but I just didn't get it. And I mean, as we know, defense, it's either you're really in or you're out. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's really making many subs. Um, but yeah, coming, coming to the end in like October, November, we were getting on the bus going from Mary, not Mary Wash, um, up in Northern Virginia. Marymount? Marymount, yeah. yeah. We were, I think it was the last game of the season. Uh, we were getting the best Marymount, and my friend, I was sitting next to the bus, I was just like, dude, like, I, this is this is not it anymore. I don't want to be here. Um, they won't play me. They don't see me, whatever. And he's like, dude, you just just relax. Like, give it a week or two. And I don't know. I think I talked to you about it a little bit, um, about wanting to leave, but I don't know. Yeah. Keen to my senses and... I don't know, the rest is history, I guess. Well, you know, it's it's such an important thing. You kind of you kind of glossed over it a little bit, but you just talked about the defensive role in particular. And if you come in and you're fifth in the back, it's a back four. You're right. You, you may never play, and yeah. you need you know, like Cambon popped out his shoulder that opportunity. And luckily for us, Derek Cook, Bobby Cipher, these guys didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. They kept playing, and you know they were the seniors, they were leaders, and you. You showed up to a defense that had older guys that were in place. You know, I went through the same thing as a freshman. I showed up with three seniors and a junior in front of me. And I either had to beat out those guys that had been doing it. And, you know, to your point about undersized, you weren't you weren't too short. You were just, you needed about 10, 15 yeah. pounds of muscle. And yeah. you needed to grow up. Pounds. Some of these guys are men, yeah. you know. And you're like an 18-year-old with yeah. with really no diet or weight room experience. Yet. Uh-huh. And so you needed that. And you were, you know, whether you thought you were doing it or not, you were working hard every day in practice. We had absolutely no complaints. And that that process is what propelled you into January rolls around and Coach Shaw and I are like, well, we'll just plug him in. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll use him in the spring game against William and Mary. And, you know, that's that's the natural progression. And I, I don't even think we really knew that you were unhappy until later. Yeah. And we were a little surprised, but we get it. And, you know, I guess that's a little more on us to talk to you yeah. more about it or maybe maybe the advice would be hey you know i'm having a little trouble here and you could have come in the office and talked to coach yeah. you know so i was never too good at that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got yourself a little bit at, yeah. at first but you know we're obviously thrilled that you you stayed you became a, a staple in the back there for the next what turned out to be four years because of covid but mm-hmm. uh yeah it was definitely an interesting process and uh starting from your recruiting through your freshman year and i think there's so much experience there that it's so I was going to say for the, guys. the yeah. people at home, um, <laughs> I am very happy I didn't play freshman year looking back on it because I, as he's just saying, it's very valuable. The experience you get learning from people and seeing people's mistakes. Like I, I, I know I wasn't ready, even though like I thought I was ready. Um, really just looking back on it now. And then, you know, even also that gave me the motivation to work my butt off for the next four years, especially the next year and a half to really like, make everyone see that I should and am a starter and like, you know, one of the better defenders. So you had one other incident I want to talk about. You got hurt your senior year. You had to miss the game. It was a St. Mary's game and they have, they had two awesome forwards Mm -hmm. and one of them was just a nemesis of ours. Yeah. I mean, he scored every time we played against him. Like we were very happy to see him leave. And, uh, you had to miss that game. And mm-hmm. we moved Davis inside and we started, a, I think Dudley was a freshman that year and we started him. Oh. And uh, I remember like we did, we did well, we won the game and Davis did really, really, really well at center back. 
And I remember the next day at practice when you were able to come back, you were flying. <laughs> you were flying across the field. And I remember asking, I was like, what's going on with you? And you were like, I just got to make sure I get my stomach back. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I found that so funny because the thought was, we're just going to put you right back in and go back to depth with Dudley or Kari or whatever uh -huh. decision we were going to make. And, uh, but it was just maybe your experience as a freshman and seeing that we were already moving you know, on. Right. You know, we we would bit. like, we have it. You can figure it out. Yeah, I mean, right. Same thing happened in the conference championship. That was your senior year, wasn't it? Or was no. that your, no, that was your, that was your, that happened in your fifth year? Well, when I, I'm saying, no, 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 that happened in my junior year. Your junior, that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, and yeah. So here you are a junior, full-time starter. You have to miss yeah. one game. Yeah. And the game goes well without you. And you're all of a sudden thinking to yourself, uh, uh, <laughs> like, I got to go get my job back. I got to go reprove to these guys that, yeah. that I belong yeah. on the field. I just, I loved that story about you. And um, I mean, that's, it's true though. I mean, that's, that's our job as coaches is, okay, I'm, I'm missing one of my star defenders. I still have to win this game. Mm. Like, I can't just sit off to the side and like, well, we're down a guy, you know, like, like we're just going to lose. You know, we still have to move on and play without you. And mm. I really kudos to you. We tell that story all the time to guys. It's like, this was a bona fide starter, a guy that was locked in, had to miss a game. And even that guy felt like I have to go get my job back. And that's just a, yeah. it's an day, awesome yeah, feeling. It. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. it's a good, it's a good trait. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. Cool. I, I, I don't remember that exactly, but that, I like that story. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I do want to, so before we kind of to tie into the, you know, the role that you're in now with your, your trick shots and everything and then NIL and all that stuff, yeah. you tell us about COVID and how you handled it and, you know, kind of give us the little story about where you started and, you know, run us through how that with, year went with, for you. With trick shots? Well, both. Kind of how you were handling it at first, like mm -hmm. being at home and, yeah. uh, you know, then moving into, well, let's, let's try something here. And then you, you created a job for yourself. So. Yeah. Well, honestly, it was, uh, yeah. So at March, 2020, I, uh, I was pretty stubborn. I was like, this isn't real. Like I, maybe other kids were like that, you know, going home. I did not want to go home at all. I told my parents I was staying in Newport News and they came home. I came home and I'm like. I'm going to the basement. Like I'm staying down here. I'm not even gonna go to my room because we're going back in two weeks. <laughs> and then I, I just, I just didn't believe what was going on. And it's funny, even with my, uh, I remember like, we just got back from spring break and my like spring break, spring break group chat was, oh, spring break part two. Like let's get a house in, in uh, OBX and like so obviously we didn't know it was coming. But yeah, I mean. I've always been pretty good with studies and all that, so that wasn't too difficult to transition for me to online. I mean, we had a pretty good setup in our basement. Um, but then, I don't even know, I think it was a weekend, me and my brother, he was a freshman, so he was just kind of like, he didn't know what the heck was going on. At least I had some experience in college. Um, but we're like, we got to find something to do. Um, and as I was telling you guys earlier, we were both sitting at our ping pong table, uh, and I was, we were trying to figure out what we could do, and I was just like, oh, we kind of used to do this kind of stuff as kids. Like, playing games together, like, what if we kind of started, like, a trick shot channel or something um, and post it, make an Instagram page. So I, like, threw up my camera, and I'm like, just, like, shoot a ping pong ball in this plastic cup. And that was the birth of, at that time, D&D, &D, or Hewlett Tricks, and then it moved to D&D Hewlett, and now we're Hewlett Brothers. Now why, but, why, why did you have a, a plastic cup sit on the ping pong table? What was, like, was it just there? It was, it was, it was just, it was like my water cup. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's my water cup. It's not here. Right, right. 
All right, so that was the birth of what you had. You you, you created a job for yourself. It, mm-hmm. it became something that you guys, you, you weren't getting rich doing it, but at the time you were yeah. doing, you know, yeah, this is just something that you enjoyed. And, yeah, and gave so, it gave something to do throughout COVID. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah. you wanted to, you, you saw that, okay, this could be a career. And so now you've gone through COVID, you're now back at school, mm-hmm. and you're bringing this new thing with you, this new job yeah. that you're doing. And your brother's at JMU, so you're mm-hmm. not near each other. Mm-hmm. And... You're, you need to keep your grades up. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to help me win a bunch of games mm-hmm. and you have this job on the side. And so, you know, to, to compare it to what a lot of kids are doing, they're just picking up a job, you know, in a lot of cases. So how did you kind of balance, you know, work, school, soccer, you know, social life, all of that stuff. How did you balance all that? What, what obstacles did you run into? And Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, so I'm a finance major in, in school, but never necessarily loved finance. Um, so kind of like back in March, April of 2020, we started creating this and we knew there was potential here because I mean, we've seen like, obviously YouTube was a big thing before we've seen, we've seen do perfect, but we've also just seen other YouTubers be successful and make this a full-time job. So we're like, we know there's something out there and me, um, you know, in a year I'm going to graduate or a year and a half I'm going to graduate and I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can make this a job, like I have to go for it. So, I mean, that summer coming in, I was, you know, working my ass off, working my butt off, excuse me, um, trying to make as many tricks as possible and basically just try to do as much as possible. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing, but what I was doing was getting, or what we were doing was becoming more and more successful. We were getting more and more followers, getting more and more views. Um, a few months in, we started getting some people reaching out to us, offering to, you know, basically pay us to do what we do. So we're like, okay, you know. We can figure something out here. And then coming in in September, um, I was like, how are we going to do school soccer? David's over at JMU. Um, but we're like, let's just do it on our own. David was in a, I had a pretty good setup because I was in a in a house so I could actually do trick shots. David was in like a dorm. So like he was pretty, had a difficult time. But, you know, I, it, you say it now, like, how'd you do it? I don't really know. I just, I, I, I knew what I had to do and I got it done. Um, kind of like, it was just like, I got to do, I want to make cool trick shots. I got to do school. I got to do this. Luckily we were on online class. So sometimes I'd have the class up and just be doing a trick shot. <laughs> um, there's a few with like, turn the, the video scene. and the audio yeah. off. Okay. I understand me, Davis and Cooper all in this finance class. And I'm just in the background chipping a ping pong ball <laughs> into a, into a toilet paper roll. Um, <laughs> so no, it was just kind of a, yeah, I, I, yeah. It was a crazy time with COVID, though, too. Yeah. It definitely pushed us to be in the house more. Nothing to do with soccer other than you had on our gear. Uh, but I am bragging <laughs> about having a guy during while I, that I was coaching on ESPN's Top Ten. So kind of run us through that. Such a cool thing to see. See, like, what was your emotions like? I mean, yeah. just give us the whole rundown. I actually remember the, the – so I think we've been on a, a few times throughout the summer, maybe two or three times. But the very first time – um, so a lot of how this worked was like me and David would be doing trick shots, but we only had our one phone. So it was on do not disturb. It was on airplane mode. So we never get texts and anything coming through. So we're actually doing a trick shot in our basement where you guys have maybe seen a few of them. Um, and my mom comes running down the stairs with my sister on the phone. Like, I think you guys are on sports. Center. I think you guys are on sports. Center. And we're like, what the way? And we like, look it up. I think it was on like um 
I think we saw it actually. I think we actually ended up seeing it on Facebook or something. But it was like the full clip and it was like Sports Center Top 10. I think at that point, I think we actually were number one, which is pretty cool. But what was like, the shot? I think then it was it was a compilation of a few shots because that was kind of like what was our first video that pushed us out. Um, was it, it was like a it was a, us flipping a a Red Bull can into like a Hydro Flask, which is like a perfect fit. Right, right. I think that was the one that was on there. Um, but like it, obviously we felt just like that was the coolest thing of all time because yeah, as kids, as as guys, you know, it's all you want to do. It's all you right. want to be. It was funny. I always thought it was gonna be like soccer or right. basketball <laughs> yeah. or something, but it was you know me and my brother going crazy in our basement. Right. But th- those moments were like and still are just like validation to me to you know keep going and especially then like we didn't know what the heck was going on. But I'm on Sports Center, so why why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. keep flipping balls in the cups or, or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it really just kind of kept, it was a really cool moment and just kind of keeps pushing me to go forward or keep, keep going for what we're doing. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. Cause I remember talking to you about it and we were pretty excited. And I was like, man, try, try to wear some CD gear. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, you get a second time on yeah. the ESPN top 10 and you got the CD gear on. And this was in the early days of NIL and trying to figure out exactly what was going on. And mm-hmm. I got in a little bit of trouble encouraging you to wear some, <laughs> some gear. I was like, I had to tell you like, Hey, no, no more seeing you gear during, the, during your, during your post. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what, um, one of the things that you should be very proud of that really ties into this podcast really well is what you've done to separate yourself on your resume. So, not everybody's going to be uh, a million follower YouTube guy that's going to be able to create this crazy job that you have. I mean, it's that's just it's not going to happen. But you've done a few things to give you some real world experience mm-hmm. that separates you. I mean, if you just go to school and you graduate with a degree and you just go out into the wor- real world, you, there's really not a lot to separate you. And why would someone hire you over the other, you know, hundred thousand people with the exact same degree in the same class in the country? And for you, you added a job that you created. Mm-hmm. You've got experience with lawyers now. You've got experience with accountants and uh, you have an agent. You've rented space. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that, you know, you're just not going to do as in a classroom in, the, in a university, doesn't matter where you are. And so I think Harvard is famous for saying, you know, we want you to graduate and create a job, not get a job. Mm-hmm. You know, and you were able to do that. And uh you know, so just kind of talk about the things that you were able to experience that is just super, hopefully this thing lasts forever and you can retire in two yeah. years as a bajillionaire, but, <laughs> you know, let's say this thing all goes away, your real world experience. I mean, talk about some of the things that you were able to, to experience that's going to help you one day get a job if you have to, you know, hopefully yeah. you don't. Yeah. So, I mean, this even takes me back to, we got our first like big contract with uh, Sunny Delights which is Sunny D, um, an orange juice-esque kids company. Um, and they send us this, like, 10-page contract. And I'm just like, we get it. And I, I just, uh, me and David are like, even if you try to read it, I mean, it's just it's just lawyer <laughs> jargon. And it's just, it's crazy that they send these to people, I think. But we're kind of freaking out. I mean, I actually ended up reaching out to uh, my business law professor at CNU, Um and she pointed me in the right direction, which was pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, contracts are definitely a big thing that, like, you know, you have to look through and read. Now we have a team um, that helps us out, making sure, you know, those things are all squared away. Um, some other cool stuff or just real-world experiences, as you're saying, yeah, we have an account, so, you know, dealing with taxes and all that stuff. <laughs> Seeing it firsthand because, you know, most people now, they 
get a paycheck and taxes are taken out. We get a paycheck and we have to take it out ourselves. So we have to, you know, you have to be responsible and making sure you know how much you owe and all that stuff. That definitely has happened a few times. We're like, oh, we owe more than we thought. Um, different things like that. It's always more taxes. Um, yeah, we also just recently leased a space. So, you know, dealing with uh, dealing with a landlord and dealing with having a um, uh, a real estate, uh, whatever, a commercial real estate person and having all those conversations, figuring out what we want, touring spaces, talking with, People with way whiter hair than me, um, and I'm the one that's actually buying the space. Uh, so that's been pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely been some others, but those kind of things that stick out to me at least. What do you uh, What do you think is your next step here? I mean, I feel like you're growing. Are you, mm -hmm. are you thinking about hiring some uh, trick shop people? I mean, what what's how are we going to grow? How are we going to? Yeah. Well, I think I mean David are kind of realizing is. Like, there's just so much, we call it admin, but just basically just, like, everything else other than content creation, just administrative work. Mm -hmm. um, and it just builds up and builds up. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like our our next hire that would give us more freedom is to almost hire, like, a, like a, I don't know, like a secretary or an assistant or something, just to kind of help, yeah. a, help us manage our day-to-day, -day because also we're just two, I'm 24, he's 22, like, our day to day is like it's sometimes it's erratic. So I don't know. They help us to lock that down more and keep us more in schedule would be helpful. But and, and how much are you, are you how much are you paying for that? And what what are the responsibilities? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, job description. I apply. Yeah, 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 that sounds great. So what uh kind of you know I think most of the kids that are listening to this uh they they know of you they know who you are and so what what can we expect out of you guys? What's coming up? What do you what do you think? And what's the what do you think the next year or two looks like? Um, honestly, just doing cooler and cooler trick shots. Um, we got this new space, which we're really excited about. Um, and we haven't even explored everything in it, we think. Um, so kind of just getting crazier and crazier. But I think now that, you know, we're both out of school and we're both like really, really into this full time, I think we'll be able to see like bigger shots, um, like us in other places, uh, doing things. Like we recently just did some cool work with the Jets. Um, so I think we'll be able to do more and more stuff like that, like cool collaborations because we have more time. Um, you were just at the X Games. Yeah, we were just at the X Games uh, back in July. So that was really cool. We got to meet some cool creators, do some cool collabs. And I think I think collaborations are a big thing. Um, maybe you'll see us on some NBA courts or NFL fields um, and different things like that. Hopefully we're doing some cool stuff. But oh, That's great. Yeah. Um. So just for everyone who's listening, we you wanted to meet us here at 8.30 in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever. 8 o'clock, yeah. And that's not what I would have expected out of a 24-year-old who does trick shots for a living, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you obviously have, a, you know, a work ethic that's, that's produced results, great results. And so maybe um, talk about how that was developed and, you know, your participation in athletics and from your family and, you know, all that, that kind of have created that work ethic in you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely stems from my parents, um, you know, growing up and stuff. It was, there's four of us and it was always, you know, sports, school, and then everything else. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I always saw how my, how my mom and dad worked, so I kind of mimic off them. And then obviously coming to, uh, coming to seeing you, you know, working my butt off. And I, I, I guess I don't really know. I'm a good answer for you, I feel like. But, uh, 
and I guess it was kind of always who I was, you know, work really hard and get results. Um, but yeah, that, that comes into where we're at today. Um, you know, work starts at 9am and roughly ends at six o'clock and me and David are pretty, uh, pretty strong on that. Um, actually right now we're, we're doing six days a week. So we're either here on Saturday and Sunday as well. I mean, we just really, it's like, we, we feel like we, we have a gem of a job and it's like this thing we just want to protect. And it's like, we, everyone tells us how great it is and we see how great it is, but like, it, it's our baby, you know? And it's like, if anyone was to mess with it or whatnot, you know, we want to make sure we're doing all the right things. So I don't know. We just love it. And it it's what we want to do. So. Well, I've met your mom and dad. There's no way they allowed you to be lazy. I'm yeah. sure they had high <laughs> Go, go, go. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah, sure they yeah. had high expectation with grades and yep. uh, whether you're good or not, soccer probably wasn't the requirement. It was, are you doing your best every day? Are you making mm -hmm. every training session? And, you know, of course, all that stuff, when, you, when you're when you doing it as a young kid, you know, it just becomes who you are. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's such an important question. Yeah. A lot of these kids, uh, you know, they, they come in and it's a certain expectation and, um, you got to work for it. You got to yeah. work for it. And you experienced a lot of that right away. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like thinking how musicians come up with songs mm -hmm. like you, like, how do you come up with ideas for these shots? And you know, how do you, what's like, is it like, oh, I'm in the shower and boom, you know, there's yeah. an idea or yeah. is it something that, that down, kind of, down. Kind of <laughs> be, yeah. you know, you're picking up your phone in the middle of the night, jotting down notes or whatever, but, um, you know, is it, or is it something that kind of is a progression from other ideas? And, yeah. Honestly, a bit of both? Yeah. I would say it, it's a mix of all that. Um, there's sometimes that I'm waking up at three 30 in the morning and it just, I have an idea that literally just like could be as little as like, I don't know, like, um, like marble on glue stick or something or just like or like thinking of an object that we know i know could be cool in a video let's write it down mm -hmm. or in the shower but a lot of it does is build off each other um so like i know we started our first trick shot was throwing a ball into a cup and then it's bouncing off two things and then into a cup and then it's on a whole trick shot course into a cup so it really is it's like i think now if you if you if you just now are seeing us you're like how the heck do they come up with this yeah. stuff but it's three years of, you know, getting right. to where we are now. Um, but it's, I, I think it, it's, uh, it's just a lot of brainstorming as well. But you got some yeah. competitive, competitive guys out there now. I've seen some other people trying to do trick shots. And yeah. And a lot of it stemmed from like COVID. Like a lot of, there's like a group of guys that kind of all started around the same time. Do you um, coordinate with them? Do you, do you know some of those guys? Yeah. We've like DM'd a few times. Uh, a couple of them have collabed and whatnot, but we've never, collabed with them we might in the future okay. just hasn't really lined up yes, honestly yes. like a little bit i think we like to separate ourselves like sure um kind of doing our own thing um uh, but i i like they do cool stuff as well so it'd be cool to maybe in the future mm -hmm. collab with them now do you when you're when you're thinking of trick shots do you come up with something and you're like oh this is going to be too easy or this isn't going to oh, yeah. to sell online we got to make this a thousand times harder yeah <laughs> Yeah, especially now, I mean, as I say at the beginning, it's just throwing a ball in the cup, but now, it's, I mean, we have an audience, uh, which we love, and we feel like we, you know, owe them the best, and mm -hmm. we never want to, you know, give them a subpar product, so that's also some of the arguments that me and ha David have of is, like, one of us being like, oh, this is good, and one of us being it's not good enough, or kind of back and forth, or let's make it easier, but then it's not... Because at this point, it's just up to us to make the rules. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a, uh, yeah. Um, 
you, we talked about earlier. What's the uh, what's what's the longest you've had to get a shot to go in? Yeah, so it was back almost like eight months ago. It was like forty five hours uh, <laughs> over the course of like a month and a half. It started at uh, just before Thanksgiving and ended just after Christmas, I think. So, so you're the patience that you've developed. You're going to be a heck of a dad one day. <laughs> Because, sure hope so. I mean, Scott and I were talking about it. There's no way I wouldn't have thrown that golf cup through the wall after my 500th miss in a row. You know, so that's excellent patience. Thank you. Yeah. So on the flip side, like you know, when a shot isn't hard enough, but you also know, like when something, like going back to the music reference, like you know, when something's going to be a hit for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's been your favorite one that you've done that? That we know. Yeah, that you know it's like... There's definitely been a few. I, I mean, our most viral one ever was actually just recently in uh, the spring. We were throwing a uh, a hanger onto like a, a rod, basically. And it was rolling around and then like stays on it. And because it's like, it's all about when you see back the video, it's like uh, the anticipation or like what intrigued the audience. Because some of them are, they can be extremely hard trick shots, but like... It doesn't like look that cool, or like right. it could take us twenty hours, but we'll get you know two views basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was this the hanger one. It's like going around, going around, and it falls off. It's like ah, oh, and then going around, going fall, <laughs> and then it sticks. Um, so that was definitely one we like when we look back, like right away, look back at the video, and we're like, oh, this is this is gonna be a good one. Um, trying to think of another one we just recently did. Oh. A lot of our balloon tricks are pretty popular. Um, like a lot of balloon because it's entertaining, it's popping, and um, so those are normally like, okay, those are going to be good. But yeah, sometimes we get disappointed when we think it's going to be good, or like when like uh, there's different levels, I guess, to it. But you think it's going to be good, and it's just not, and it's that that's the yeah. worst. Now, have you picked up more skills? Like, if you just go to the bar and you play some darts, are you just? Yeah, again the the bullseye and it's it's funny because I really didn't think so, but then like yeah I'll go out and we'll do stuff even like 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 darts I wouldn't necessarily like throw darts I wouldn't do like the specific act of darts but like it's just everything we do is like these little meticulous things like we're like like the other day I was playing cornhole like we don't really ever do cornhole trick shots we may in the future but like. I was way better at cornhole than I remember. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I guess it's just like all of these little like hand-eye things, right. you know, adding on to each other. Especially golf. I, I'd never played golf before before trick shots. And then we got into trick shots and someone gave me a golf club and I, I saw cool golf trick shots online. And like, so I've, you know, swung golf club now like 10,000 times or whatever it is. And my like short game is, is like, incredible. Is, yeah. <laughs> So, it, it, you know, yeah. it leaks into life. It leaks into life. And you have a putting green yeah. here on site. Yeah, so. so we'll be good, uh, hopefully, at putting here in a few months. I don't know. Can we do a driving trick shot? I mean, I feel like that's a very there, high level of difficulty. Yeah. yeah. There's something I was thinking of, like, because some people, if you, like, drive it, you can, like, get the ball to only go a couple inches. Like, you top it. Like, really mm-hmm. top it. So, I was thinking it would be something cool like that. But I don't know if I have that skill. I've seen but. the guys at, like, uh, Top Golf. They'll hit one ball and then we'll hit another ball to hit that ball. Yeah. That's that's Man. actually that's on our whiteboard. We we, we want to do that. Oh, okay. We want to do that. So we got some future stuff yeah. going on here. Yeah, yeah, right. that's great. Who uh, like out of the uh, you've had since you started this and it's gotten big. You've met like some pretty well known people, I guess. Um, who's been the most into your trick shots and who's like been successful at trying things like you've done stuff with the jets and yeah that's, that's what i was actually going to talk about um 
So the it's funny we were doing seeing the Jets just a couple of weeks ago and we had a table set up and they were walking off practice. It was kind of like if you want to try, come over and we're kind of talking to the guys. And there's this like six eight, you know, probably three hundred plus pounds <laughs> guy walking at us, and, I'm, and it was the first guy that walked up to us, and I'm just kind of like, oh my god, these guys are big, <laughs> and he's just like. I'm a big fan. Like, I've seen you guys. Like, you guys are great. Like, oh my God. He's just like a big giant teddy bear, like the nicest guy in the world. And it's just, it's funny because I, I guess also a lot of the stuff, you know, it's just me and David, we're doing like with no audience, you know, posting online to a big audience, but you don't see that audience. So sometimes I think we get numb or we forget that it, there are real eyeballs seeing us. And it's like, there are people that like, that there's a Jets player and there's, there's tons of other athletes and different people that, I've seen us, but like we just never really think like that, which is funny when you actually see it in real life. Yeah, that's kind of about your reaction too, like yeah. the way you guys react when mm-hmm. you when you're close. It's almost as good when you're close mm-hmm. as when you actually make the shot. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the it's energy. Like, yeah, yeah. You guys like throw things in the air and just. <laughs> that's I'm surprised there's no holes here yet, because yeah. <laughs> when we make a shot, everything goes out of the hands. And, and... Yeah, it's probably the word. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What is uh what mom and dad saying about all this? Or they did they get involved with any of the trick shots? Uh they never really got necessarily involved, but I mean they've been there since the beginning. Uh, that's why I think it was so many people ask me like, How are your parents letting you do this? Like obviously now it makes more sense, but like in the beginning, like and I think it's mainly because it was basically the four of us in our house and they basically saw they saw how hard we were working and how much we like cared about it and liked it. So they saw a passion for it, so that it's kind of a no brainer to them. They never really, like, doubted us for a second, which is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, there's times, like, at the end of the day, you got to, like, pay for things. So, like, <laughs> so, there's been things like that, especially when I was going to graduate, and I was kind of trying to decide what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, my parents were basically just like, I mean, you can do what you want, but, uh, like, you're off mm-hmm. us. Well, and, you know, to your point, we talk about this with a lot of guys. Uh, when you graduate, assuming you don't have debt you know go you know you might have been in a good situation where you didn't have a ton of debt that's the time that's the time to do some stuff yeah. you don't have kids yet Take you're not guys. married you know like yeah. I'm, i've encouraged guys go go abroad mm-hmm. you know go travel go spend just a month you know just see what you got and you know go get some easy job that just you know helps you pay for some of the stuff that you want to do and mm-hmm. go explore you know something that you may have a lot of passion about and so you, you were able to do that and yeah. that's a that's a cool stuff oh yes yeah, so I've, I've actually told or people ask me that question you're one of the few people that I remember talking to specifically my fifth year, senior year, kind of you asked me like, what do you want to do or what are you going to do? And I, at that time too, I'm a little like embarrassed, but like this thing hasn't really taken off completely where I see it. So like telling people that like, I want to do this full time, this is what I want to do. It's like, what are you talking about, Daniel? Like, <laughs> like, get over yourself. Like, there's no way you can, even though I, even though I knew and I was never going to give up, but like actually communicating it to people was always pretty tough at the beginning. But I remember telling you about it and you're just like, I mean, if you can effing make money in this, <laughs> why would you not? Like, now right, is the time right. to go for it. Right. I remember sitting in your office and you saying that and I was like, yeah, Daniel. Like, well, like, of course, of course. Like, could but, you imagine me and Scott being like, all right, let's start this trick shot company today. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just not going to happen. It's not in our wheelhouse today. It's over. You know, we yeah. got to, we got to make sure our jobs are killing it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's the right timing. I mean, for us, obviously we had the time of COVID and yeah, it's all kind of panned out. We were young, still are young, but it works. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask more, like a couple more questions about, like the business end of things and mm-hmm. how you've like 
how have you grown it? Um, and I guess you've kind of already answered that. Like you just keep, it's just like you show up every day and you, you do your job mm-hmm. as you've defined it. Right. Yeah. And then the results happen. Right. I mean, so that's really applicable to, you know, anything you do in life, really. I mean, you, you exhibited the same decision-making when you were trying to get on the field with the mm-hmm. cheese over there. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of the twos, like, as kind of explained to you guys earlier with the whole YouTube thing, like, it, 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 it took a while, but, like, with all these different platforms we've become successful on, you know, like, like, TikTok took off first. So, like, we saw, like, that was kind of, like, when we were in COVID, COVID. So, like, it, it was still just kind of, like, this weird world we're going into. But then we have Instagram and YouTube. But since we had already had success on TikTok, it's like YouTube was dormant for two years. But, you know, it's kind of like you're saying, like, work hard, work hard, work hard. Right. We were working really hard, and we knew what our product was was, like, good enough. But, like, we were seeing no success. And it's, like, obviously we could have given up, like, a year in or two years in. And we kept going. And then now we have 2 million subscribers on YouTube in 10 months after two years of basically zero subscribers. Yeah. So, kind of off what you're saying. It's, like, yeah. work ethic is, is massive and, you know, just believing in yourself and keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the book behind you there, Atomic Habits. I mean, that's kind of, like, yeah, yeah, is the model for exactly that for making that happen so um yeah what other stories you have like from meeting oh yeah people around the world or i don't know if you've been around the world but uh you know going then, to different events and and yeah so, i mean we were still we were with the jets it was just cool we met a lot of the um nfl jets players which was neat and it's crazy because i mean they're just people you know mm-hmm. I, I was thinking it was, they're just they're just dudes like they're also some of them are 20 years old you know like they're just out of college you kind of forget that i'm like oh these are all like professional professional obviously some of them are they're older, older than them yeah. right you're older, so right yeah um actually we met the the karate kid at the at the jets thing as well ralph ralph macchio uh-huh. he's just a big jets fan happened to be there so that was wow. kind of neat yeah. did he know about you guys no nah, he, he had not i think he was I, I was trying to get him to do the trick shot. I, I think he was, I don't think he knows I was really asking. You should but, get a collab with him, yeah, you know, get yeah. some. His kids are mad at him for not doing it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, we also, like, I don't know how we exactly, I don't know, not in how we align, but in the last year we've gotten into, like, like a lot of this motocross extreme sports. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to us to do stuff, like, we did some stuff with uh, with Red Bull, um, where they like they sent us out to these motocross events. So we met a lot of motocross guys. Um, so that, that's just it's cool because we get to meet these like different characters, basically like different athletes, just like completely different realms of the world. Um, I think my favorite thing with the with the uh, motocross guys is their their like tagline is "Hollow Head, just go Hollow Head." Cause like they're doing these insane stunts and they just can't think of anything. It's just like right. interesting seeing like, you know, we saw that some of the Jets players, like how they, you know, per- perform and prepare their bodies. And then like, we have these, uh, motocross guys who are just like, you know, crazy guys. I don't know. It's just cool. We get to see, like, we've, we've been able to see a little bit of everything. I mean, they're pretty much doing trick shots too. Yeah. Some of the stuff yeah. They do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else it, you got? The only other thing I have is, uh, you know, I, was, I looked online and I was, seeing if there's much of an NIL presence with, you know, non-superstars like Bronny James, Arch Manning, these guys mm-hmm. that, I mean, they have last names that are going to get them NIL deals. And they're also special talents too, so they're going to get that. But you, you were just a D3 soccer player and you landed, you know, these NILs and it, it it's absolutely possible. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, what 
kind of what do you think is your best advice for a kid's got something, he's got an idea, but he's just a, a D3 baseball player, you know, like how is mm-hmm. he without a last name that's going to show up automatically on ESPN? So, you know, what do you tell that kid? You know, how does he grind through the early part of it and keep going and see if he can't maybe land something out of there and make a few bucks to get yeah. school paid for maybe? Yeah. You know? right. I, mean, I think a lot with that is like, I mean, it's like if you're passionate, if you're really passionate about something, like obviously like you don't need anyone to pay you to do it, as they always say. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you need some money. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you know, keep, keep keep your head down, keep grinding, but also like don't be afraid to reach out. Like you'd be surprised by some of these people that respond or like the emails you can find online to these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like there's a few people, like even we had a much smaller Instagram account, like we DM'd and they replied and we were like starstruck. But I, I don't know. I, I just think you'd be surprised by, you know, don't be afraid of the reach out. Don't be afraid or don't be like, you know, taken down or taken back when they don't respond or you don't get a reply. Like you just got to keep going, keep going. Yeah. Well, you um, marketed yourself. Yeah. You know, you, and you did it through an Instagram account, you know, and you put stuff out there and you get a few likes that snowballs from there. And, uh, I think the, the true thing is you, you were passionate about something. You were good at it. You, you put some cool stuff out there and you, you let the people kind of tell you if it, if it's working or not. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that could happen in Newport news from a D three soccer guy. Yeah. And like, that's, it's just a, it's a neat story that, you know, you weren't supposed to be making a lot of money doing this type of stuff and you were able no. to do yeah. it. And, create a presence for yourself and that's just a it's it's a great story it really is a it's been fun to interact with you here appreciate it yeah it's been yeah awesome. it's been awesome can't thank you enough yeah. thanks for having me on let's go thank you for listening to this episode of tales from the trail i hope that you found daniel's story to be valuable and insightful as always reach out with questions comments and feedback I listen and do my best to get your questions answered by people who work in and around college soccer. Please continue to subscribe and share the podcast and follow Match Play on social media. See you on the trail.